welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. Scotty, what's going on? It's been a fun week of doing been. absolutely nothing. I've done nothing. <laughs> um, so this is up on New Year's Day. Happy 2021. Um, I wish I could say that a switch just flips and the world goes back to normal, but obviously that's not how nature works. But um, hopefully the world can turn around and figure it shit out in 2021 and we can maybe see some baseball games in person? Hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) Um, Let's dive right into this week. There was a wild week in baseball, but I want to hit some really quick Yankee stuff just, you know, because this is supposed to be a Yankees podcast. Um, We can start off by, I saw a an article from ESPN's I sent it to Scotty because I just I had to read it and Gary Sanchez was confused why he was benched in the playoffs and I was confused as to why he was confused you I know? was confused why he was confused and he was confused and everybody was confused it just he thought that he would have had some more appearances and then he kind of like got blamey he was like, well, I wasn't the only one that wasn't hitting. And it's like, whoa, 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 it, whoa. It isn't who isn't hitting. It's position who isn't hitting. Exactly. He was like, you know, did I have three strikeouts? Yeah. But did my swings feel better? Yeah. Okay. Cool. On the books, they don't go, ooh, but really good swing on strike two. Uh, That's not how it works. In the playoffs, like, listen, I I know we've had a lot of – garbage to talk about Gary Sanchez and I have been reflecting and you know if he can get back into the player that he was 2017 2018 2019 fine I'm content with him playing almost every day and Higgy catching for Garrett Cole the fact is last year did happen And we have to, like, you can't ignore that last year happened. I do think sometimes I blow it out of proportion, I'll admit, and I can jump the gun a little bit. But I think he's also a little bit in denial to think that he shouldn't have been benched. You know, like, defensive, it's not like he's defensively fantastic either. You know, it's not like we were losing a terrific backstop because he couldn't hit. You know, he's he's okay behind the plate. Is that, is that too, is that brutal? I mean, he's he's been improving on it. I mean, <clears throat> I feel like that's that's too big of a thing. Is it's? I feel like he, he's very good. He is a good. He is a very good player. But he has things to work on, and there's two different of things to work on. Like he's yeah. been trying for these past few years to figure out perfectly how to like how to block where his positioning as a catcher. And then along with that, he also needs to worry about on the other side of the plate. He wasn't hitting as well, and so I feel like that's kind of like a weird struggle for him that he's at right now. And I mean, I feel like I, I I completely agree with you with, with his comment being so stupid. I feel like you have to realize that you can't just be blaming things like, ah, no, nobody else was hitting. Yeah, Yeah. But you know what? You're in a playoff game. You just need to figure something out. And if you're not hitting well, you have to expect that you're not going to play. They're not going to be like, ah, We'll help you get out of this slump in this elimination game. <laughs> and, like, 
it's not like he was offensively struggling all year. So his leash is going to be a hell of a lot shorter in the playoffs than people who are a bit more productive during the regular season, you know? So I think his head was a little bit in the clouds making that comment and maybe he didn't mean it. And I'm sure he didn't mean it in like a like snarky way. But when I read it, I was like, whoa, we're not throwing teammates under the bus here, are we? Like, are you mad that, you know, Aaron Judge was swinging and you weren't? Or like, I was just this isn't this isn't little league. Well, they were they will just like throw you in replacement for people. Yeah, you're not like uh, Aaron Judge isn't hitting. Let's throw freaking Gary Sanchez out and right exactly just so he can get in the lineup. Exactly. It was just it was interesting, and I understand like the the 2020 season was probably very difficult for Gary to like. I don't, I don't even, like, contextualize. Like, he came into the year, like, being the starting catcher. And then, offensively, he wasn't, like, producing the same way that he traditionally was. And I think it was weird to see, because he's had cold spots his entire career, but that never, like, really landed him, like, a bench spot. But then this year, it got him a bench spot and then, like, a repeated spot on the bench. So I think it was just kind of like a... I understand, like, the reaction, like, the emotional reaction to it, but, I mean, there was a tweet, and I should have freaking saved it, I'm an idiot, um, saying, like, it's your job if you want it, like, just take it, and I think that's one thing that I've always kind of said about Gary, is that he never looks super, like, confident in the box, behind the plate, and, like, I understand not everybody has, like, that Juan Soto swagger to them, but, like, even every single one of my coaches that I've ever had is, like, if you don't walk up to the plate, like, with just a little bit of swag, just a little bit of I'm the shit, you're going to not be successful. And I understand, like, you don't need to, like, show it every single time you do something. But, like, he just needs, like, a little bit of it, like a teaspoon of swag. And I never thought I'd say that word so many times. No, I mean, it's already been said. I mean, he just – he's not – like, he doesn't have that confidence. You can kind of see that he's a bit... Like, skittish? Is that the word? I think skittish is probably... Is, is, is kind of the word. I don't think it's... He's like a scared that. puppy. Sure. <laughs> um, But, I mean, listen. If we get 2017, 18, 19 Gary in 2021, I take back everything that I have ever said about him. Okay? I promise. <laughs> I just want that for him and for the Yankees. Um, the literal only other Yankee thing that I could even like think of coming up with is Clint Frazier is just having a daily fashion show on his Instagram showing off his sneaker collection and like, go off King, do your thing. I don't even, I don't even know. I just wanted like something else to talk about without tackling the obvious that happened this week. You know, it's just... But why not just get into it, you know? Um, so the first thing that happened, hold on, I need to get my order all set, get my dates correct. Let me slide over to our Instagram, pinstripe.podcast, to make sure that I get uh, the days correct. So let's see. On, oh, fuck, it says on four <laughs> days ago. <laughs> Uh, that would be Sunday. Sunday? Okay, on Sunday, 
The Tampa Bay Rays. Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yeah, look at that. We're not Sunday? Even that one. Yeah, it's Sunday. Nice, nice. <laughs> On Sunday, the Tampa Bay Rays traded bitch boy Blake Snell <laughs> to the Padres. From, uh, this came fresh from Jeff Passan, and... I just I thought like this was this was the the biggest thing to happen, right? So it was Snell for Luis Patino, who's the number 23 prospect in like the minor league system. Um he's a pitcher. Cole Wilcox, uh Francisco Mejia and Blake Hunt. Listen. I just want to know who was in charge like how how did you do this? The amount of tweets I saw that are like Blake Snell excited that he can now pitch past the fourth inning. Ooh. <laughs> it's like this blew my mind. This happening. You know? I was like, I'm so glad that the Yankees no longer have to play this motherfucker so often. But like, damn, San Diego just got really good again. What were your thoughts after Snell? I was completely in shock. I mean, I don't. I think it was Snell. I don't remember if it was Snell or the other one we're gonna talk about. <laughs> that I was. I was with my friend, and I. I just. I had to stop speaking. Like I just was in shock for like three minutes on yeah. what was happening. I was like, "There's no way. There's no way." <laughs> yeah, this one. It's. It's. I know. Like James McCann was signed and everything, but like this is like the a big trade that it feels like the first one to really happen in the off season. I don't know why I'm sure. And I know that there have been many other ones that are just like, Oh yeah. Woohoo. But like this one just like slapped me in the face <laughs> because I was like, Oh my God, I hate Blake Snell. Oh my God. I, I like the Padres. I genuinely enjoy watching the Padres play baseball because they have so much fun. Now what? How, what emotion do I feel? I don't know. I'm sure he'll be, very good in San Diego, which is so annoying. But I felt like this was very lopsided. You know, I felt like this was the Rays really just giving up on the AL East. Yeah. Like, now it, it it's a race between the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Yep. Which essentially, at this point, I think it's who gets DJ LeMahieu. And if we could, like, get a pitcher or two. You know, like them giving up Snell. I know you're going to say like, oh, they have glass now, but they also got Hunter Renfro gone. Um, Blake Snell gone. You know, Randy Rosarena problematic. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just like, I feel like this really hit their rotation. And the biggest part of the Rays, I feel, was their pitching. Their pitching was just perfect. And and Snell was a big part of that, and now peace. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry to, to have you hear this, Lex, but um, the Padres are still going to have a lot of fun. Um, I know. And I feel I like know. it's, it's the, like the big thing about that though is that the Padres have fun offensively. True. They're like there are not many pitchers. I'm being honest about this. There are not many pitchers who enjoy. Like who have who have fun while pitching, <laughs> they don't. I mean, you're losing the people like that. Like what? Um, I think a good example, Bartolo. He, yeah. he was somebody who who kind of enjoyed his, his time on the mound. But mm-hmm. like any pitcher now, Trevor Bauer, for example, Mike Clevenger, they're 
angry. They yeah. are pissed off when they're on the mound. That's a good point. And so like you're like it's it's still gonna be the same. You can still enjoy them the same. It's not like you're gonna be going and watching a Padres game and Blake Snell will be going and laughing and having fun with freaking Fernando Tatis. True. And Snell will only pitch like once every five days. Exactly. It's so, not like he's an everyday player. Yeah. That's a good point. It's a good point. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I can go back to enjoying my Padres games. Um, and when, you know, you didn't think that the Padres could get any fucking better, the next day, the next day, breaking is you Darvish to the Padres. I would just like to say last week, last week, we spoke this into existence but the Cubs said they weren't going to trade him unless it was for Babe Ruth. And I said, that's just fucking annoying. Stop saying you're not going to trade people for Babe Ruth. Okay, so you, the Padres got you, Darvish, and Victor Caratini? Caratini? Yes. Um, and it was funny because Caratini texted you, Darvish, and was like, ha, 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 he gone. And then you was like... You are too. And like, uh, you are too. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Darvish tweeted like a screenshot of their text messages. It was really funny. But here is the, um, the Babe Ruth trade that the Cubs got in, in exchange for you, Darvish. And I can't say the other guy's last name. I'm sorry. Um, so they got Zach Davies, who's a right-handed pitcher. Reginald Percata, who's a shortstop. Who the fuck names their child Reginald? <laughs> is it the 1850s? God damn. Sorry. That one just pissed me off. Owen Casey, outfielder. Ismiel Mena, outfielder. And Yason Santana, who's a shortstop. If every single one of those players don't post Mike Trout numbers, the Cubs are fucking liars. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Like, this made me so angry. Because I was like, Last week, I was like, ooh, the Cubs say they're open to trading Darvish, but only for Babe Ruth. That really means they're not going to trade him. Ha, ha, ha. And then fucking this happens. Stop it. Yeah, no, this is, it's painful now to watch what the Padres are doing, like, from not a Padres fan. Uh, I can't, if you were a Padres fan, I can't imagine what you feel right now, because that is just immense joy that you just saw your entire team yeah, a girl, so a girl on my team, she's from San Diego, she's a Padres fan, and after the Snell trade happened, I, like, broke down, I was, like, I was, like, so flissing, like, I fucking hate Blake Snell, but god damn it, he is good, and I can't believe that you guys just got him, right, blah, 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 and then the next, she was, like, this is exactly what we've been waiting for, can't wait to win the NL West, ha, 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 then the next day, the next day, I go, Sophie, I don't think you understand. This man has 14 pitches. He has been in the top five for the Cy Young every year he's been in the league. And then she's like, this ain't even a joke anymore. And it's not. Like, it's funny. I saw, you know, that meme where it's like the girl walking down the street and it's the couple and the guy's like looking back at yeah. it, right? So the girl walking down the street is the Padres and <laughs> or no, it's the Dodgers. Sorry, I think. And then the Padres are looking back like, ooh, and the other 2019s are like, bro, bro, what the <laughs> hell? Um, 
I think that was from Talking Yanks. I also think they did the math wrong. I think there's more than 29. I don't know. I don't know. I also could have totally just butchered that. <laughs> but, like, I just don't understand. Like, I don't – I first of all, I so respect the Padres for, like, not just having these gig- – you know, obviously they signed Machado to a gigantic contract. But from then on, it's been, like, prospects, farm system, trading. Like, they're building a team. Which I respect. Yeah, I mean, I just, I also, I think I spoke to you about this. I don't remember if it was you or dad, but um, I said, I mean, I think the big reason that the Padres are going through with all these trades is they're just getting rid of their farm system because mm-hmm. the farm system is kind of becoming a little more obsolete. Like yeah. you're seeing now, I, I always forget how it goes, single A, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. is gone. There's no single A. Last year, there was no minor league in general. None of that existed, and so I think that they're, that kind of push out of the minors that the Padres, I guess, are trying to maybe hop in front of that as much as possible, and I mean, they're, they're like, might as well go and get rid of our farm system now and then get two amazing players for that. And, and then have, work be, the rebuild Yeah, be of good the farm for system. five years, potentially. I don't know how long these guys are going to be on the team. Yeah. And then you'll see from there how you, how you work. It... That's good logic. It's wild that no other team has thought that way. You know, it's not just the Padres losing minor league teams. You know, every team across the country is losing their minor league to some extent. You know, and it's just, uh, I was taking a nap when the Darvish news broke. Because I was like, there's no way there's going to be anything else going on here. And then I woke up and I had the bleacher report, but Scotty had sent me an Instagram DM like 40 minutes earlier. And I was like, the fuck is this, Scotty? What do you want? Uh, yeah, you um, didn't even open it until you sent it to me. I didn't even <laughs> open it. And then I like I was scrolling like when I woke up and I was like, I like clicked the bleacher report thing and I took a screenshot of it and I sent it to Scotty. I was like, what the fuck? And then I went to my Instagram and I was like, oh, <laughs> you already told me this. <laughs> but... I mean, we've said it the like for a while now that the Padres have been a Western threat. You know, the whole idea of that Western threat of the Dodgers and the Padres. We were saying that literally throughout the season. But now, I, I cannot, you know, because when, when at first the Snell news broke, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, they'll be all right in 2021, but like wait till 2022 and Mike Clevenger is back on the mound from Tommy John. They're going to be unstoppable. And then they were like, hold the fucking phone. We're going to solve that 2021 problem right now and pick up you Darvish. And it's just like, how did you do that? (laughs) I don't know. I think that I, I can almost confidently say that they are going to be the biggest threat in the West easily. And I think in the National League, you know, I we did we talked about the Braves and I was like, I think the Braves have a chance to win the National League West or the National League, sorry. And now forget that. I love the Braves so much, but I don't know. Yeah, no, there's 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 not any much of a shot anymore. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry to put it that way. There's there's no shot. Like there was it was tough competition getting past the the Dodgers and now you have to get past the Padres. I don't think there's any shot. Because you have to play one of them. Yeah. In the first two rounds. There's, you, oh. <laughs> Although, I have to say, I cannot wait 
for the first Dodgers Padres series. That's that's going to be good. That's going to be fun to watch because it's gonna be real baseball. Yeah, I feel like a better game. I'm gonna be honest, is if it was teams that had history with each other, like the people like it was actually more of a rivalry. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Still gonna be a very good baseball game. It's gonna be good. Like the story's not gonna be as like ooh baseball, but like the actual game is gonna be so good, and I can't wait. Um, on top of all of that, the Padres. Also signed the top Korean prospect, and I'm gonna butcher the fuck yeah, out of his name. Yeah, Ha Song Kim. That sure. sounds sort of right. It's close. I mean, yeah, yeah. he plays second base. I just want to know like where the Padres are getting this money from. Where they who I want to talk about like the front office of the Padres and figure out who these big brain people are. You know, what did they offer the freaking Cubs to give up you Darvish? Cause they said Babe Ruth and they said, how about these children? <laughs> and they said, yes. Now, I don't know what, if you found second baseman, but I was just looking him up and I found shortstop third baseman. Oh, weird. So, I mean, it'd be, it'd be logical to be a second baseman. Yeah. I'll help the team, but that's why I was like, Oh, Shortstop, third baseman. That's maybe honestly they signed not him and they were help. like, "Yeah, haha, you're gonna play second base." I don't know who you think you are playing shortstop, but you're gonna play second base. And he was just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whatever you say, man. <laughs> I just want to win." Um, I mean, listen, this was the most exciting week of off-season baseball. Yeah, like this was crazy. I'm glad that the Rays no longer have Blake Snell, so now I don't have to look at his stupid face, and we can beat the Rays. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we can beat the Rays this year. That'd be pretty cool if we could figure that out. And I just... The Padres were... Whether you like them, are a fan of them, are neutral about them, they were probably one of the most exciting teams to watch last season. They they reminded me a lot of the Nationals when they were in the playoffs. Excited, wanted to be there, whoop-dee-doo-dee-doo, like everybody contributing... And, you know, they were the ones that really brought in, like, those, like, unspoken rules of baseball, which I liked. I liked that conversation. Um, And it's just cool to see a team do shit like this. Like, would I love for it to be the Yankees? Yeah, 100%. But, like, I think Yankee fans sometimes have this issue of they're like, well, you know, if they wanted you, Darvish, they're like, well, we can't give you anything of value. They're like, here are... We're not going to give you Jason Dominguez. We're not going to give you Andujar because for some reason Yankee fans have this love affair with Miguel Andujar. The guy can't play defense. Give it up. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. I think about half the time if you look at teams, they'll be like, hey, I'll give you Miguel Andujar. And they're like, ah. I don't want him. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Yankee fans, like, I think sometimes have an issue with letting people go. Like, they'll – it's weird, like, they were okay with letting Didi go, but then now they're like, ooh, Didi was kind of good. And it's just like, you can't... What is your problem? Um, I think, and I notice this more on Twitter than any other platform, Yankee fans are very protective of people that we don't need. We don't need Andujar. He, can be a, he could be fantastic, but we don't need him. You know, and you're not going to be able to trade and get these big name guys without giving up good people. You know, there's no way to get you. I mean, yeah. So 
the Cubs gave up two players and got what? One, two, three, four, five, six back. You know, like it, it's gonna, to get big names, you need to give up more. And I think sometimes that doesn't get in people's brains. You know? Yeah. There was a three-way trade between the Dodgers, the Phillies, and the Rays, but it just does not seem important to me. It was two pitchers and an infielder that just swapped around. I couldn't even tell you who the – one of the guys' last name was Clevenger, but it wasn't Mike Clevenger. <laughs> I was really confused. It was – do I even have it? Yeah. The Dodgers get left-handed pitcher Garrett Clevenger. The Phillies get left-handed pitcher Jose Alvarado. And the Rays get infielder Dylan Paulson and players to be named later. To me, irrelevant compared to the rest of the week. You know? Hello? <laughs> Overall, just get ready to get your ass slapped by the Padres. <laughs> that was a really gross way to put that. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, let's move right into our Bauer update. It was a little dramatic this yeah, week. So a little bit still, of flair. Ooh, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this before you go into your, your whole thing that you just told me about. Freaking, we've already spoken about those three trades that happened to San Diego. Trevor Bauer also went and did a, a thing on his Instagram, I'm pretty sure, that you could go and have a, have a Zoom meeting with Trevor Bauer. Big thing. Oh. Hey, that seems pretty fun. A fucking Padres fan won. Right, right. And it was like it was like on Saturday. So like they had just like had Snell, you Darvish, Zoom call with Trevor Bauer. It was just like, what the all fuck? in a row. And I was like, there's no way that that couldn't have been set up. Yeah, it was It was just like, like you wanted to hate the Padres in that moment, but you're just like, you guys are so cool. <laughs> um, did you did you want to talk about the drama? Or do you no, want you to... know more about it. You, you seem a little more, more. Okay, so on Tuesday, right, I get a Bleacher Report blast from John Heyman that completely contradicts everything we have ever heard from Trevor Bauer and his plan. You know, he thinks that one-year deals will make him more money. He also has that bet with his friends. (laughs) You know, he's looking for a one-year deal. And we're all, the entire league is like, yeah, he's looking for a one-year deal. The blast is titled Bauer Seeking Five-Year Mega Deal. So when I first saw it, I was like, this is probably about like, I don't know, some NBA player who like thinks he's hot shit, but he's actually not. And then I click it and I see that, you know, John Heyman, who's an MLB insider is the one is the source. And it says star free agent wants five to six years in the 36 to $40 million range. According to interested teams. I send this to Scotty. I say, what the fuck is this? We have been doing some false reporting here. Who heard this? What is this? Then Don't you worry. Trevor Bauer put him right the fuck in his place. So Heyman again puts that on Twitter. Interested teams suggest Bauer seeking five to six in the 36 to 40. Um, Whatever. Then he hits him with like a compliment. He's like, he's coming off of a brilliant Cy Young award, whatever. Um, And then Bauer quote tweets it twice. The first one says, John, thank God for you. And this is how I read it in my head. I'm learning so much about my free agency from your tweets. Keep them coming. Also, at ancient, Agent Rachel Luba is her Twitter tag in case you want to tag her next time. I love that. I fucking love that. Yes. Give her that. <laughs> then 
he quotes it again and says, also, if you're going to go out of your way to report that someone declines to comment, you might want to make sure it's actually true. In parentheses, it's not. Don't you have to actually talk to someone for them to decline? Wouldn't want to fake news now, would we, Johnny boy? Sir! <laughs> whoa! Whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa! Great. I read that and I was dying. I was like, this is what we want to see. Because the amount of times that you, first of all, the amount of times that you see people that they're like, oh, they declined to comment. I'm like, you just didn't fucking ask them. <laughs> Don't lie. You were just too scared to ask them. Um, it was just, what are, what are your, your thoughts here? It is, it's great. It's great to see that. Cause like a lot, you'll see a lot. They'll be like, uh, they're just quiet about it. And then Trevor Bauer is like, now nah, hold up. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, it was funny because I saw a tweet that I think cut for liked. So like they like MLB subtly was like, yeah, we see you. Um, someone was like, fans, we want baseball players to be more talkative and have more personalities. Trevor Bauer tells John Heyman he's doing something wrong. Fans, no, not like that. (laughs) Like people have such like, there's such a love hate relationship around Trevor Bauer. Obviously, Scotty and I fucking love the guy. I love him so much. Just as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a baseball player, as a personality, he's great. But, like, some people are like, oh, he's so dramatic. What what else is going on in baseball to talk about? Just let the guy be entertaining. And I think that it's great holding reporters accountable. I think sometimes... Guys like Heyman and like I love Jeff Passan, like he's great, but like they're they can have a big head, you know. They're exclusive MLB insiders. Hold them accountable. Be a good journalist. Do your work. Maybe this is just my school yelling at me to do this because we're a journalism school. But like, don't lie. Just say these are rumors I've heard. I haven't talked to his agent because I'm an idiot. I think John Heyman's on thin ice in baseball world. I'm not sure though, but um, I don't know. I just I thought the exchange was fantastic. My favorite thing is I'm going through his Twitter now. Um, <clears throat> uh, 13 hours ago he has Who? a tweet. You're going through whose? Uh, Trevor Bowers. Thank he you. has a tweet of um, Gru leaning on two minions. Uh, replying to a tweet that has this, since been deleted. Oh, the person I read this. I read this. It was like this lady, like, and I use lady to describe sixty-year-old ladies, and she's like, "You are just despicable." That's why he used grew. Uh, she's and like, then he has just another ruining one. baseball. <laughs> he has another one of this little girl waving around a hairbrush in a very angry manner, replying to another tweet that has since been deleted. People get roasted by Trevor Bauer, then they're like, I'm going to delete it. And then he has a, will you commit to signing the contract then to a tweet that has since been deleted? Uh, And then his most recent one, 41 minutes ago, he had had, uh, posted a GIF of, um, oh God, how am I blanking on this fighter's name? Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Yeah, Conor McGregor just going, who the fuck is that guy? (laughs) Tweet has since been deleted. I think... Uh, (laughs) 
I think all of those were in reply to the same lady. Like he was low key in a Twitter fight with a sixty year old, which like a little immature, but but really it's funny because he's not he's not even saying anything. He's just... the, the Gru one was my favorite. Like he just he, like she used the word despicable. He's like despicable me. <laughs> No, only the first two that I said were the same person. Oh, okay. oh, wait, no, the first three. The last one was somebody different. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All three of them were the same lady. and then and Is then... her Twitter, like, did she delete her account? I don't know. I can't. It says tweet has been deleted, so oh, that's it. That's annoying. Um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I understand, like, maybe some, like, high neck, but, like, all, like, suit sky. I don't know how else to describe him, like, stuck up. Respect the game of baseball. This is a classy sport. Would be like, I don't like Trevor Bauer. And I'm like, oh, because you don't like fun things. Got it. <laughs> but um, now before we get uh, into our next thing, let's go and uh, take a look over at George Springer. His Instagram has one post from November 2nd, 2017. <laughs> and he doesn't have a Twitter. Uh, I did All right. <laughs> that said the rumor was he was looking for 150. But. Again, rumors are rumors. I'm pretty sure that was just a random tweet. I don't know how much weight it holds. Again, no source because <laughs> I'm a terrible journalist. Um, but I say Trevor Bauer, keep attacking reporters who don't cite their sources, don't at your agent, spread fake news. I think every athlete should do that. I think it is totally fair and totally legit for athletes to hold journalists accountable and to the right oh i just like hit this and it made a noise and to be right you know that's your one job report facts and i think it's very exciting and trevor bauer in a twitter fight with an old lady and john Heyman is just fantastic anything else around the league are we ready to take our dive i am i'm ready to dive Okay, then let's let's get our little bathing suits on and dive right into Miami. Uh. We are in Miami today talking about the Marlins. Their record this year was 31 and 29, which put them in second place in the National League East. I haven't seen that in a while. No, <laughs> only to lose to the Braves. Um Scotty, you were rooting for the Marlins to go all the way, correct? I wanted them to. They it was um because the last time the Bra- uh, the Marlins got into the playoffs, it might have been like 2001. I don't know when it was. The last time that they got in the playoffs, they went all the way and won the World Series. So I was weren't like, well, they- it's going to happen again. It's been a f- freaking 19-year yeah, drought. Yeah, weren't they like – they had an undefeated playoff record, correct? Because I think that yeah, was their only Yeah, because they made it years. once, and they made it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, so Don Matting, they're like front office people in charge. So powerful. Don Mattingly is their manager, one NL manager of the year. Obviously, King Derek Jeter is their president, part of the ownership. I was trying to understand. He's like has a partner and they own a firm. I don't know. It was really confusing. <laughs> Derek Jeter is involved. Kim Ang, my queen, we've talked about her a whole bunch, well, is the general manager. And I think that the craziest thing is their COO is Caroline O'Connor. So their front office is National League Manager of the Year many times. Derek Jeter, a bajillion-time All-Star, World Series champion, the shortstop, amazing. And two women! My favorite part ever was year one, Derek Jeter takes over. 
gets rid of freaking half the team. I know. Everybody was so pissed. They're like, ah, they're just helping the Yankees. This is stupid. (laughs) Hmm. 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 So I just wanted to talk about their chief operating officer, Caroline O'Connor. So she left behind and like a Wall Street high-ranking job in Manhattan because a friend of hers was friends with Derek Jeter. <laughs> Flex, first of all. <laughs> Casual. Mutual friends with Derek Jeter is wild. Um, and Jeter called her up in 2017 and was like, hey, you want to come uh, work front office for the Marlins? She, had nev- she was from Freehold, New Jersey. Woo! I, I thought that was a fun thing. She had never worked outside of Manhattan, never worked outside of, like, she worked for, like, J, it's, like, some fucking bank that I know, J.P. Morgan, maybe? Is that a bank? I think so. Something like that. Like, she had never worked in the sports field. She's, like, I always, like, loved sports. I played sports all growing up, but, like, he just, like, called her. He was, like, you want to come work for the Marlins? She goes, how the fuck do you say no to Derek Jeter? Great question. You don't. It's factual. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And Miami. Yeah, exactly. So I I just, I love their front office. I think it's so great and powerful and amazing. But let's dive into those on the field. All right, so behind the dish is Jorge Alfaro, 27 years old, 31 games, 226, 280, 344. First base is Jesus Aguilar, 30 years old, 51 games, 277, 352, 457. Scotty, I know you love this man. Is this the figure skater? What? The speed skater. Speed skater. Speed skater. <laughs> speed skater. It wasn't a figure skater. There's a There's speed a skater. Speed skater? Yeah, you, did you not hear that during the year? Wait, no, no. This is just the one guy on the Marlins who's been on the Marlins forever and has actually been good. Oh, no. I know. I like one. I, I like a pitcher. That's my favorite. I'm sorry to say that. That's my favorite player. I'm going to get to him. But like, you wait. have. Wait, which one's the figure? The speed skater. I'm looking it up. Because I remember this. I remember this. This That's how they That's how they started the whole year. They're right, like, right, right. Because the Marlins the Marlins were the first team to get COVID. Screwed. Lit- everyone was like, fuck the Marlins. We don't even like you. They're like, they're. I'm convinced. We definitely said Eddie Alvarez. Them. Huh? Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez. I don't know if I talk about him. I don't know. He, he might not be on the, he might not be on the roster anymore. But like, um, he was, I, I remember. That. No, I, I remember it. We we were talking and we're like, yeah, the Marlins probably just got COVID because they're like, oh, we're going to lose anyway. And then fucking here we are. The Marlins <laughs> made it second place in the NL East. Yeah, no, it was It was like they got. They all got sick. So it was just a team full oh, of yeah, nobodies because like, first of all, it's the Marlins. They just grabbed people. Yeah, they were like, do you know what a baseball is? a speed is? skater going and playing and they actually won. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, oh my God, I did not expect that answer. No, this was just the guy that you're like, yeah, he's on the Marlins and he's actually good. I kind of feel bad for him. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's just keep going. Um, second base is John Nerdy, which is such a funny last name. I don't think I'm pronouncing it right, but that's how my brain sees it. 30 <laughs> years old, 39 games. So I'm at 258, a 388, and a 350. Their shortstop is Miguel Rojas. He's 31 years old, played in 40 games, so we get 304, 392, 496. Brian Anderson plays the hot corner for them. He's 27 years old and led the team with 11 home runs. 255, 345, 465. Corey Dickerson is in left field, 31 years old, 52 games, 258, 311, 402. Center field is Starling Marte, which blew my mind. I love Starling Marte. He was a Diamondback, correct? Yes. 
And then all of a sudden they were like, Marlins! And I was like, oh. But go from one irrelevant team to one, <laughs> I guess, semi-relevant team now. Irrelevant right? team, now semi, now semi-relevant. But he's 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 got he's got talent. Thirty-one years old, twenty-eight games, two forty-five, two eighty-six, four fifteen. Right field is Matthew Joyce, who's thirty-five years old, played in forty-six games, swinging two fifty-two, a three fifty-one, and a three thirty-one. Their DH is Garrett Cooper. <laughs> it just sounds like such like a bland name. Why are you playing baseball? <laughs> yeah, Marlins, all right. <laughs> sounds like you should be a lawyer. <laughs> um, is twenty-nine years old, thirty-four games, two eighty-three, three fifty-three, and five hundred. And then their 10th man is Jonathan Villar, who's 29 years old, played 30 games, swung a 259, 315, and 345, and he's a middle infielder. There is literally no off-season rumors about the Marlins. Like, I scraped the internet and could not find a single, you know, ooh, might trade him, ooh, might get him. The only thing that I saw was that people were like, please extend Don Mattingly's contract, because he's only – Technically, contractually with the Marlins until 2022. Um, but people were just like, please do it. Please do it right <laughs> now. And we're just like, okay, chill, fam. Chill. Um, but, I mean, they're young. And they're definitely a team to look out for in the future, which is so crazy to, like, think and, like, consider. Like, the Marlins, to me, to me, growing up, I was like, okay, you know you're bad if you play on the Mariners or if you play on the Marlins. And that was it. And now the Marlins are like, hey, remember us? We're in the fucking playoffs, bitch. <laughs> and it's just like, when did that happen? Um, do you have any anything to say about the the Marlinos? Are you saying like the pitchers? What? <laughs> no, do you have any just anything to say about like their offense or like oh, the team, I mean, the they team were, in general and they then were you this, dive into pitching? I, they came out of nowhere, simply. I mean, nobody expected them to. As I said, the whole past seven years ten years they've just been made fun of because they haven't been good and then they just come out of nowhere and they are a unit of a team now and they're so they're they're surprisingly like they're like simplistic they're not anything huge special if i'm correct there's nobody who's a big all-star on their team yeah they have no superstar you're not seeing 25 home runs out of out of anybody yeah i mean the guy who led the team had 11 yeah you're, it's a very simple team that just runs off of the low game and is extremely productive in that. And I mean, I'm great gonna, way to put it. I'm gonna get through that the same with pitchers if I'm allowed to go. Are you asking permission? I'm asking permission to go. You're allowed to Thank speak. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so they're pitching. I'll go through as normal. Their team pitching. Honestly, it hasn't. It, it's not really anything amazing. I'm going to be honest about that. They came fifth in wins with 31. So, I mean, that's fifth in the NL, which, I mean, kind of makes sense. It's kind mm-hmm. of how it works. But um, they, had, they were first in saves with 18 saves over their games. They're, eight, they're 31 wins, 18 of them required a save, which was really cool to see. And that's a lot of saves. That's a lot of saves. Um, but every other stat was between 10 and 15. I mean, they really weren't in the upper half in many other stats, which mm-hmm. is surprising because they were such a good team. But the thing is, like, they were 11th in Team ERA with a 4.86. If you took just the ERAs of the first 10 people, which is their starters and then their main relievers, they'd have a 3.2 ERA, which would put them in, which would put them 
the second best ERA in the league. Yeah. Behind the Dodgers, which is, I mean, expected. Shocking. Um, but yeah, I mean, they had such a good core lineup. And also a fun little fact about their pitching lineup. There's they do a figure not, skater. They do not no, their pitching lineup. <laughs> they do not have a starting pitcher who's older than twenty five, but they also don't have a relieving pitcher younger than thirty two. They just At first I was like, that's really cool. And then I'm like, thirty two. Yeah. <laughs> they got they got senior citizens on the mound to relieve they go, them. They go, you have youth pitching, and then they just switch it up to an old man out there. They're like, hey, guys, it's my first professional start. And then they're like, child, <laughs> let me finish. So start off with personally my, my favorite player on this team, Sixto yeah. Sanchez. Great name. Great name. <laughs> Whoa. He was listed as their freaking... As a, <laughs> a prospect. As a prospect. You need to get 2020 prospects. Do you know why? He's 22 years old. He debuted this year. Debuted in August of this year and has been extremely productive for them. He had a 3.46 ERA, which is a solid ERA, especially for a rookie. He had seven games, one of them being a complete game. Wow. So that first seven games of I'm, his career, he's just going all the way. I'm so bitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he has 15 earned runs, only three home runs. Dude, that's dang solid that's through seven bomb, games. Six though. 36 hits through 39 innings, so less than a hit an inning. Yeah. Very good. Um, so yeah, that's 8.3 hits through nine innings. That's very very good. Um, and then he came in seventh place this year with rookie of the year. I think he probably had a better shot at coming in a higher place. If he debuted earlier, but mm-hmm. I think August is too late to really yeah. be able to be much of a running for rookie of the year. Can I add? Can I add a few little things about go him? Ahead, go ahead, go and bring okay, bring so, his bring his farm system. I'm not gonna say like his whole farm system thing, but he was signed by the Phillies, and then he came to the Marlins um, as the centerpiece in the trade for guess who? JT Realmuto. Um, and the article that I read, the the breakdown that I had says that he has every ingredient to be the best Marlins pitcher since the late and I think very, very great Jose Fernandez, who, I mean, we all, I think, are all pretty um aware of what happened with Mr. Fernandez. Very sad. Um, I didn't realize that he freaking made an appearance, and I'm getting afraid because my second one said that he should make his debut at some point in 2021, and if this motherfucker showed up in 2020, I'm going to kill myself. No, I don't think so. Um... But, um, yeah, Sixto seems really, really interesting. I don't need to give any of his, like, numbers or anything, but I think I think they really do have something special there. And I think it, it – of course, it's sad that they lost Jose Fernandez, but they were able to – I don't want to say replace, but, like, find someone of his caliber not super quickly. I think he passed away my sophomore year of high school. Maybe. Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a time ago. I mean, it was – Yeah. It was, well – the Miami Marlins had D one Gordon. of the best lineups that you could have. But yeah, they, they really should have won. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, keep going. Question, is it Trevor Rogers? No. No, okay, that, that's the next youngest Sick. person. I didn't Sick. even go in detail about him, but like I was just looking. But the next person I'm going to go into is Pablo Lopez. 24-year-old, so 
they, these are all people. They have long contracts coming up. Like everybody is like between. I mean, they're all young players, so they have pretty new contracts. I think most of them are twenty, like twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five area. Mm-hmm. So of course, not much of an issue there. And I feel yeah. like in general, most of the time, most of these players, depending on how they do next year probably going to hopefully be extended because they are doing well yeah yeah, yeah. I, I see the marlins wanting to do that um but anyways pablo lopez as i said 24 year uh 24 years old he had a 3.61 era pretty average 57 innings gave up 50 hits so another below a hit an inning mm-hmm. um he had 59 strikeouts for 18 walks darn good uh <laughs> darn good. so yeah as i said again 7.8 hits per nine and he only gave up Four home runs through 57 innings. Wowie. As I said, this team is a very on-the-ground team. They yeah. do not they do not give up big hits, and they do not really take big hits. Um, and then my last one, as I do, their closer, Brandon mm, King, Kingsler, I think. He's 55 I years old. 35. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's 35. He's a free agent in 2021, but as I said, if they do well next year, I see them extending him because now they see hope in this team and they see the potential that they have. Yeah. Um, as I, um, he had a 2.2 ERA through his 24 innings. Pretty, very good. I mean, that's not somebody we see much as a closer. Closers, no. we're actually seeing a lot higher ERAs. So yeah. that's a very solid. He had 14 of their 18 saves, right? I said 18. Wow. Yeah, 14 of them were him. He was their main closer. Um, he had six earned runs in all. Wow-y. Only six. And he had 12. Oh, sorry. He had 12 of their 18 saves. He had 14 strikeouts. I flipped the, the, <laughs> the words there. They're close. They're, yeah. So he's a very solid, yeah. uh, very solid closer, but also being a closer, you're kind of like either you're with the team forever or you'll get thrown around every yeah, week. Yeah, it's like one or the other. He's one that's been thrown around every week. Um, <laughs> so he, he, but with his stats that he put up this year we'll see what they do next year i honestly see them probably extending him unless you know he becomes 39 and breaks his back and you know (laughs) and just becomes too old for the sport um i mean the numbers show obviously their past season shows this is a good little team and no more sleeping no No. more sleeping no not at all and it that that blows my mind um, do you have any more pitchers you want to hit? I do or? not have any more pitchers. All right, let me dive into the four prospects because Scotty fucking stole one. <laughs> um, so their number two prospect, who I guess is now their number one prospect, is JJ Blade, which fantastic name, much better than fucking Garrett Cooper. Get out of here, <laughs> that shit. JJ Blade, it rhymes. He's a 23 year old outfielder who is Vanderbilt's best hitter in 2018. Of but he managed to get even more powerful like over that summer, which, how? He was voted the top prospect in the Cape Cod League and led all of Division One baseball with 27 home runs and 192 total bases. I think that that's a hard number to contextualize with Major League Baseball because they're using aluminum bats, but whatever. <laughs> um, as a lefty, he is able to hit to all fields with high bat speed, strength, and leverage. He has plus power. And he walked a lot more than he struck out in all of his seasons at Vandy. He's not super fast, which can be concerning in the outfield. But defensively, he has really strong instincts and should make his debut at some point in 2021, which is fun because a lot of the times I read these and it's like, they're 17 years old. You won't see them forever. 
Um, obviously, as Sixto already made his fucking debut, bitch. Anyway, <laughs> um, Max Meyer is next. He's a 21-year-old right-handed pitcher. He started at Minnesota and tied the school record with 16 saves as a freshman. And then they were like, okay, okay, we can bring you into the rotation after that summer on the college team. Summer team, he had seven more saves. So after his sophomore year in the rotation, he got signed to the Marlins, and he unanimously across, like, all of the scouts has the best pitch in the 2020 draft, which is a slider that ranges from 87 to 91, and he can manipulate the depth of it. Like, it's a freaking, like, like he has a a remote control on it. Like, amazing control. (laughs) He also has an overpowering four-seam fastball that sits between 93 and 97 and additionally has a fading changeup, so he's got a good little mix there. Next up is Jazz Chisholm. Great first name. Love the name Jazz. <laughs> it's a 22-year-old shortstop from the Bahamas and led all minor league shortstops with 25 home runs in his rookie year. In AA, he had 21 home runs and had a 220 batting average with a 32% strikeout rate. That was his worst season so far. He has really great bat speed and a great left-handed uppercut that produces lots of power, which we love a natural uppercut. Um, he does swing for the fences, so he's one- he swings for the fences, so he's one of those guys that it's either a home run or a strikeout, which I don't love, but obviously we know that that is a big theme occurring in Major League Baseball right now. Um, he has really strong foot speed and has everything like built in him to stay at shortstop. Um, they said that he reminds scouts a lot of a young Javi Baez. And I know we haven't talked about him as much on this podcast, but I think we love him just about as much as we love Trevor Bauer. Like we both love Javi. Correct? Yes. I wanted He's, to make sure I wasn't yeah, putting words no, in your mouth. No, I mean, it's pretty difficult not to, to like him. <laughs> Um, I know people are like, offensively, he wasn't that great this year, but the man just defensively is perfection. I have never seen someone apply a tag so perfectly. And apparently Jazz reminds a lot of people of him, so maybe we'll have two. That would be fun. Um, And then my last prospect is Jesus Sanchez, who's a 23-year-old outfielder, and in his first professional season, he had 306 and reached double A by the age of 20. That makes me feel so productive as a <laughs> soon-to-be-21-year-old. Um, he has a great left-handed swing, good speed, contact, but he needs better plate discipline, which I think is a an issue that a lot of young players have, and he needs to get more lift on his ball and stop hitting so many ground balls. Um, his future is probably going to be in right field, but he has the ability to play all outfield positions. So, I mean, they're a good team now. And I think they're going to be a good team for a little bit, and yep. that's wild. Yes, to me. they have. They have. They have a lot. They have a lot of potential with theirs. As I said, their whole starting lineup is below the age of twenty-five. Yeah, that's huge for them, pitching-wise. That's a long. That's a long, long time that they're going to have a very solid pitching rotation, and then same offensively in general. They are very, very stable. And as kind of our whole thing about this team is, they are not a big hitting team they are not into the long game they are into the short small you know what they hit? base hits only allow base hits everything like that they hit fucking singles and doubles and look at where it got them did you see how many oh they played if i'm correct i always get them and i think the rays i kind of get mixed up 
they're playing like how just how they play. They play like little league style. Yeah. They play bunts. They play steals. They play everything like that. They play ex- like baseball you want to watch. And they, it's just they like they play classic baseball. Yeah, it's like refreshing. Like for all those people that are like, uh, don't break the rules of baseball. Go watch a Marlins game. It's it's baseball. Yeah. It's baseball how you know, in its purest form. Um, and I mean, I think it's really fun to be a fan of it being played both ways. You know, I, we obviously talked about them earlier. We love the energy that the Padres bring and, you know, the three and O hitting a grand slam move, power move, big dick energy, not going to lie. But then I also appreciate and love watching a team like the Marlins, you know, actually use a bunt. Yeah. Steal a base. Hit and run, you know, playing the game like, you know, as a kid, you watch, it's almost affecting how little kids play baseball. You know, you watch teams that are just trying to hit home runs and then kids are like, I only want to hit a home run. If I don't hit a home run, I'm no good. But like, this is baseball. This is how you should play yeah. baseball. Yeah. And like, I'm, I, I literally just looked this up. They were second in the NL with stolen bases with 51 and yeah. not a single person had over 10. Two of them had nine. But, like, there was not – like, that's the big thing is it's not like somebody, like, for the Nationals, you'll see um, – I'm completely blanking on names. Just Trey Turner still bases. Yeah, just Trey Turner will steal bases. Just Javi Baez will steal bases. This whole team is showing that, hey, you don't have to be fast to steal a base. Exactly. I think that's – like, you don't – like, yeah, speed is super great when you're stealing a base, but you don't have to be the fastest kid on the team to get a stolen base. You just need to know how to run. You just and need to be just, smart. You need to see the pitch. Yeah, like they're, that. they're extremely exciting to watch, and it's really great as a fan of the sport of baseball to watch them. So, Scotty, here it is. Next week, we're, we are done with the Eastern Seaboard. We are on to the AL Central. But are we going to Minnesota to talk about the Twins, or are we going to Chicago to talk about the White Sox? Up to you. Minnesota. Minnesota. Looked on a map. I looked on a map. It is slightly north. <laughs> all right. All right. Next week, we will be chatting all about the Yankees' favorite playoff matchup. A team that I know I way too much information about. The Minnesota Twins. Minnesota. Thank you so much for listening this week. I hope everybody had a very safe, healthy, and happy new year. If you want to keep up with us between episodes and hear any news, any ideas that we have from the episodes, like last week I uh, posted about some movie posters that we think would make good documentaries, um, you can follow us on Instagram, pinstripe.podcast. Tell me all what you think about anything, really. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, Lex, dot, Lex is a man check. There's no dot. L-E-X-S-E-M. Oh, I just hit my mic. L-E-X-S-E-M-A-N-C-H-I-K. Um, just to shoot the shit if you want to. Um, but make sure you like, rate, share, subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to us on. And thank you so much for listening. And this has been the Pinstripe Podcast. Bye. <laughs>